everybody. When you hear that music, you know it is once again time for On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And today we are back and better than ever. I stole that line from Mike and Mike now that Mike and Mike Liss are no longer anything. Golik's off the air, so Craig Kashan and I are on the air and we're having a, a good time talking baseball. What's up, Craig? Doing well, my friend. Uh, I, I think, you know, through all of your podcasts, you, you should have been first choice for Golik's replacement over at ESPN. I don't know how that didn't work out. You know, I'm firing my agent. He's no good. I can't get sponsors. I can't get any guests besides my favorite guests. And, you know, now that the season's going, you and stats are hard to come by. You know, you're actually working. And uh, – I don't know. Uh, it's uh, it's something, but I, Golik never called me. Greeny never called me. Nobody calls me. Yes, I guess you're responsible for making all the connections now. That that's what happens when you retire, you know. I'm the production crew. Although my I still have my production crew, and we're going we're going pretty good. I think we're over a hundred podcasts, which is amazing. And uh, I dug out. I I I lost one of the uh, podcasts that I did with Stats and. Finally, I got back to Kansas City, and my uh, production team found it. And so we archived it and had an archive session the other day. And actually, people thought it was pretty good. Uh, maybe I ought to archive them all and bring them up again in a year and see how we're doing. Well, you, uh, you you probably need to drop one of your guests if you really want those ratings to go up. And so we'll, we'll see how the last one goes. I'm never letting go of the Brewers guy. What's uh, What's going on now that you're working? What's up? Well, it's been, you know, it's been really good for, um, you know, to be back in sports again. It's been, um, you know, I, I think it's been twofold. It's been uh, really good, I think, for um, people to have sports back uh, because, I mean, what's happening right now, because I also cover the NBA, so I've got the Brewers and the Bucks that I'm, you know, going back and forth with, and so it's kept my I've, I've gone from uh, 0 for 7 during the week to, you know, 6 out of 7 days of, uh, of working, which is really good. Um, and I, I think it's also kind of cool right now with the NBA coming back, you know, the week after baseball, and then the NHL uh, joined in this week as well. And so if you think about this, between those three sports, you've got, you've got stuff to watch from about 11 in the morning until – midnight between those three sports and and stuff so I think from that aspect it's been it's been good for people to be able to watch and to um, cheer again from home or the bar or wherever they are certainly it's not from the stadium but um, I think from that aspect it's been good uh, baseball had a rough start you know obviously with the COVID uh, positive tests and trying to deal with you know um, redoing protocols or adding to them or whatnot. And, uh, you know, some teams suffered because of that, including my Brewers. They didn't play for four or five straight days, lost a whole weekend series against the Cardinals and stuff. And I think it threw them off when they came back. And, um, you know, but it, this is the new norm now. And I hate saying that. I'm not fully adjusted to it. Uh, it's It's very weird and odd for me to do – games at Miller Park with nobody there uh with you know you could pretty much count how many people are in the entire park working on two hands and then you go to uh Pfizer Forum where I do buck stuff and that and you know it only takes one hand to count how many people are in the building and 
gone. We're doing our show out there and it just feels uh, sometimes like the outer limits. So it's good to have sports back. I know it's good for the fans and stuff, but it is, it is something to get used to from my end of it. I can't imagine, you know, being a ball player and, and dealing with this because it is, it is very different, especially in the stands, you know, with no fans and to hear fake noise and stuff like that. So hopefully they're starting to get used to it a little bit though. Yeah. The fake noise is getting better. I mean, some of the fake noise is really pathetic. The cutouts I think are pathetic, but then somebody, one of our loyal listeners uh, sent me a note and said, Hey, you know, I think Nelly's got a cutout at Royal stadium. And I think, uh, I think he's right next to uh, Marlon's man, and uh, I'm not sure if that's accurate or not, but I'll let him believe that that's Nelly, and we'll all think it's Nelly. They got, you know, Bo Jackson, Amos Otis, Nick Hauser, John Wathan, all the Royals legends, and Nelly, so why wouldn't he be there? Absolutely. Well, I'll have to look for that and, and uh, make a call and find out. That'd be that'd be fun if they did that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I thought that was one of the better cutout deals. Of course... The Cubs don't have any cutout deals, and then some of the teams have cutout deals all over, all over the ballpark. And you know, I got to admit, it's it's not as hokey as the Korean baseball cutouts, but maybe maybe the pictures look different in a foreign language. <laughs> maybe, but but you know what, <clears throat> I I don't mind the cutouts because um, you know you can't always see them, but sometimes on the on the shots, just to see something in the background. I mean, it seems like somebody should be in those seats. And so at least the cutouts have happy faces and they're big enough to see and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I think if nothing else, I think it's become kind of a reminder of um, that we just can't pretend this doesn't exist and we're playing anyway. Right. That we're trying to do something, I guess, to – to recognize that the place is empty. I mean, it's, have you seen the NBA uh, games no. at all? I'll tell you what, so they're at three different arenas um, at Disney World in Orlando on the, on the sports complex there. And the arenas aren't real big. They're like field house arenas. And, um, but what they've done is they've, they've curtained everything off, and, um, you know, done their social distance uh, protocols and put up John Horizontal uh, video, and they have um, season ticket holders or certain fans of teams because there's a designated home team. Like if it was the Milwaukee Bucks, they'd have certain Milwaukee Bucks fans or celebrities uh, do virtual like what you and I are doing. They, they Zoom and watch the game, and then they're put up on the on the board like they're in a – little VIP section of people. Cool. There's, I don't know. I'd guess there's probably 20 to 30 uh, uh, visuals of, of people like you and I are doing right now watching the game. And, you know, if you kind of see yourself in the background, people are waving and yeah. big happens or something like that. And, and, um, and so, and that they're also superimposing, you know, team logos on the, on the court. So, it makes it feel like this is a Bucks telecast, for instance. The PA announcer, if you're the home team, is, you know, really getting into it when he's, you know, announcing Giannis's name and not so much the other team when they make a shot and stuff. Right. So 
they've and it's it's very cozy it's it's logoed up well it's sold well and it makes it very believable that you know they're they're trying to do something to to make this all work and i think to be honest with you the nba has done an extraordinary job of of covering all of those bases if you will right. zero test for almost a month there and um and then the NHL is doing the same thing. I don't know how much in the hockey you are, but it's, you know, they've got the bubbles in Canada and Edmonton. So, and the only thing that they're doing differently is because they need to be in a full arena. Uh, they, they literally covered up the entire bowl of seats. And there's just a giant, you know, NHL logo. And so there are zero people, zero replicas, no cutouts, no virtual fans, nothing like that. So. Hey. Or we'll say that, but they're playing hockey. So. Chicago Blackhawks stun the Oilers and take a two to one lead in the playoffs. Come on, you're watching. I'm watching those things. Uh, you know, when I'm not watching MLB Network for 24 hours a day, I turn on uh, a little bit of Blackhawk hockey. Got voices. That's the good thing. Yeah. So the uh, baseball's going. They laid an egg, kind of starting off slow, but they, uh, I think they've got back to where I think they'll finish the season i think now the playoffs are more likely than i thought they would be two weeks ago when they started this deal well i you know here's the thing um these these two outbreaks that these two teams had you know at least we know what what the source was um you know they they went to a, a public place and each each team did and with just enough people to uh to catch it and spread it right and they, hopefully the other 28 teams haven't didn't do that because I think by now we would have known. Yeah. And teams who are everybody who's tracked sticks to protocol, which which is difficult to do. I mean, I, I could go up and down the, the list of rules, and and when these teams go on the road, they are basically told to do nothing, back to the hotel, and there are you know there are big X's, big red X's on where they can and can't go and stuff. So um, it, it, it's hard for these guys, but uh, you know, I think if they're, if everyone's tested at, at the zero level right now, which you almost have to expect we're at um, and they, they stick to the protocol with the team rules and the league rules and stuff and above everything, respect your fellow players. Right. I mean, you're there to make a living for two months and try to try to, win something go do it man and do it right it's you know we're not asking for the end of the world here yeah i mean that's 14 million five hundred thousand dollars for bryce harper and then everybody else gets a little bit less than that but i thought the the, the new rules are unequivocal they're they they finally made it pretty clear i mean don't go out of the hotel period and um i don't know why they didn't have those to begin with but they didn't and of course a few teams stumbled and, uh, you know, according to Jeter, though, the Marlins were as innocent as a uh, babe in the woods. They didn't do anything wrong. And that's certainly not the scouting report you get out of Atlanta. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I don't, you, you got to just take that stuff with a grain of salt. I mean, you, you, you know, do. And the about it was it's, it's embarrassing. Uh, you know, you can put that at one or two at your list. It's totally up to you. But but the next part about that is uh, it, it's downright awful and nearly criminal uh, because these guys, 
I beg to differ with you. They, they did have rules in place. They, that's as simple as that. And, and, and so, you know, get a clue and have some respect. Uh, and, uh, cause it's not just you, it's not just a fellow player. I mean, there's the staff travel, they go to stadiums, the next team comes in, they're at hotels, the next team comes in and all that. So right. that's my, well, they did come up with new rules yesterday. I think that really just highlight the old rules, but they, you know, they make it for second grade reading, uh, uh, guys and i thought the the best one really the easiest to, to and it may have been said before but the new rule says don't go anywhere if you leave right. the hotel you gotta tell somebody that you're going and so uh uh that uh, hopefully it's in the past i mean it's sure getting out of the blocks it was like man you know between everybody's injury list and then all the guys that are um you know, testing positive, it was like, and then Manfred comes on and basically says, we're going to suspend baseball Monday. If uh, things don't turn around, then the next day he comes out and he says, I'm not a quitter. We're going to stick with this. So I think if I were going to give advice to the commissioner, it would be stop talking in public and designate, <coughs> a Joe Torrey or somebody to come out and, and talk a little bit more circular. And I, you know, Manfred's a smart guy and he's had it done. He's done a great job and I'm not, I'm not bagging on him. It's just like, dude, you're, you're getting a lot of waffling in your, in your comments. But I think in the rearview mirror, uh, that's hopefully the last bit of it. They've only got, seven more weeks to be good i think if i count right we're into the end of the second week and uh i thought since this is the lighter side of baseball and nothing's been very light until i watched the replay 25 times of yelich's home run yesterday how cool was that <laughs> that was something pretty fun to watch he uh, you know there's a little luck in baseball. We all know that. And the ball bounces, you know, a little differently sometimes in baseball. But, you know, that the ball wasn't played that well. But here's the bottom line. The guy was three for 34 right. to open up the season and hadn't a base hit in what seems like a year. And um, here's a guy that can drive the ball the other way, by the way. I mean, it, the ball just lofts off his bat, and then you look, and it's traveling, you know, 400 feet. So at least he put it somewhere out there. And uh, it was, I think, two inches just inside the, the foul line. And, uh, and then he does – yeah, he's a pretty fast dude, so that was fun. But uh, was it Jimenez? Is that yeah, who was out there and left? And, and Eli's not really well known for his, his defense, but he's getting better. I think it's a ground rule double without the netting. It's, I mean, well, I, I couldn't agree more. I was thinking the same thing when when it happened. I'm like, man, if he forget about him going into that big fish net, uh, there's no way that ball, you know, doesn't bounce into foul territory out of play. There, that's a ground rule. That's that's probably happened a million times. Ground rule double. Absolutely, I watched it ten times, and until I remembered the netting there. Uh, because I think Jimenez is bouncing off the netting. But I'm going, didn't that hit the seats? And if there was fans there, wouldn't a fan have touched the ball and it would have been a ground rule double? But I'm not sure it 
with the netting, and I don't know how high the netting goes at Sox Park down the left field line. Uh, and I think they were in in Chicago when that. Yeah, yeah, they were because uh, you didn't uh, have have a team in front of you if you were working last night. It was hilarious. I mean, it was just so funny. And whether Yelich gets going after that or not, baseball needs some, you know, some some something funny. My take on this sort of changes from from week to week. I'm still pissed that I don't get to go to the games. I'm really pissed the Cubs were in Kansas City and I didn't get to go. I don't like, although I understand that it seems more like a round robin um, Olympic tournament because you don't play the East or the West. You just play the, you know, our guys and then our guys that are not our guys but are in the same division. So it seems that it seems like it's extended spring training. It seems a little bit like fantasy baseball as I talked last week, but uh, you know. It is what it is. I thought it was hilarious. Mattingly, who I represented for an event that happened on the plaza long ago when he and Dale Barra got into a little trouble, but I, I love Mattingly and he's a good guy. And I have way too many things signed by Don Mattingly, but he's a class act. He was laughing. I heard him interviewed and he was talking about there were two guys in his lineup card that he had never met. Kidding. <laughs> Until the day of the game. Well, you know, I I'm, I haven't looked at the standings yet today, but uh, it is kind of funny that the Marlins, you know, were the ones that abused the rule right out of the gates and, right. and spread and how fast it happened. But the fact is that um, they were they were in first place still, and they only had one loss. Even when they got, they're six and one. Right. They're one, and yeah, they're that- seven. Play. That's that's amazing. They're off to a great start, as are the Orioles. Uh, I mean, nobody knows who they are, and Mattingly still hasn't met people that he's got in the lineup. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, they've got your old brewer, Jesus. Yeah. They've got – they've got. Um, gosh, I don't know how many guys they picked up while they were shut down. I think they picked up six, seven, eight guys that were had already been le- – they picked up one of our pitchers that, that we had – and I can't even remember who it was because he really didn't – he was new and barely pitched. Uh, but, I mean, that that's what they did to patch their team together, and, and they haven't lost since they started back up. So, of course, they played Baltimore, so. But Baltimore's winning. If you look at the standings, Baltimore's yes, up. Yeah, they're five and seven. Yeah, that's a surprise. Yeah. Um, the Rockies are off to a good start. That's kind of a surprise. Yeah. And uh, – the Blue Jays don't have a home. I, they're they're kind of scuffling along. But you know what would have been funny? I still think the best player on the Marlins is Derek Jeter. And now, wouldn't it be funny to put, <laughs> for Derek to get activated after he's admitted to the Hall of Fame but hasn't given his speech yet? He'd be the first player in the history of the game to get it into, inducted into the Hall of Fame or voted into the Hall of Fame, and then written into a lineup card. I'd put him at shortstop, even if it was for just a game. And why not? Well, you know, it's an entertainment know, thing. It's a goofy year. Let's do something really exactly. off the off the books. Well, it, it is goofy, and my gosh. I mean, why would you rule anything out at this point? Well, and, and – You well, just can't. Don't you think Jeter with two days of BP would be as good as anybody in that lineup? Yeah, I'm pretty sure just uh, the little I've seen of him right now that he's still in his, his playing shape for sure. I, I, 
I'm all in favor of it. And so if Jeter and his group are listening, I'd I'd go to Mattingly and say, dude, we even though the roster just got reduced to 28, I'm your number 28 guy. Put me in. And he would be the first guy in the Hall of Fame to play in a game. I think that would be so cool. That would be a lot of fun. That's a great idea, actually. And uh, how about Starlin Castro? I think Starlin Castro's off to a – unless there's another guy named S. Castro. I was looking at, you know, the stats are the stats. But if you – if you look at the uh, statistics, uh, and I know you do every day, probably multiple times, there is an absence of people in the central division of the National League in frigging everything. You, you have to go a long ways down to find somebody in our division that's got a batting average that's in the top 10 or 15, and uh, on and on and on. It's kind of interesting how – uh, so your Cubs are ten and three, I, and I have not looked at the stand. I mean the um, the stats lately. So they they have they have the most wins in the majors right now, tied with Minnesota. And your guys aren't in the top ten of anything. No, I think our leading the only guy above three hundred is Contreras, and he's like in the top twenty. Um, and, and no, I mean they. The starting pitching until last night was first, and the relief pitching was the worst. The, you know, I know this will be a relief to you, and I know that occasionally I get a little down on my cubbies, and I've got a lot of guys listening to the podcast that give me grief because, say, you know, this is a great year. Somebody re- sent me a note that listens and said, you know, I think you're a little light when you said 40 and 20 would win the division. I think the Cubs would do better than <laughs> People well, are they're, banana they're a quarter of the way there, man. Well, they may be a quarter of the way there, but if you look at the uh, – again, I'll, I'll look at last year and this year. If you look at their batting average against starting pitching, I bet they're below 150. And I well, bet they, they were last year. They can they beat up on crummy pitching. And, uh, you know, Baez is Baez. Bryant's been in a slump. Rizzo's been in a slump. Uh, they keep going with Bodie and uh, um, Nico Nico when Kipnis ought to be. Kipnis is having a great start. And then, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what the Cardinals and the Cubs do this weekend. What's wrong with the Reds? I picked the Reds to, like, kill everybody, and they suck. Yeah, they're coming to Milwaukee <clears throat> this weekend. They, they start the series up tonight, so it'll be our first chance to see Moose again. and. They picked up Wade Miley off our roster. Well, not our roster, but he was with us two years ago. Right. So he's he's over there now. Um, yeah. Oh, Castellanos. They, they, How in the world? Yeah. Does now Ricketts and and Theo have a great thing going? And and again, I, you can be quiet while I bag on Theo, which I do a lot. He signs Morrow. And he keeps signing them and signing them and sign. It's like, really? Drew Smiley gave $5 million to rehab. But the poor Kimbrell, I mean, I think everybody in the major leagues feels bad for Kimbrell. I mean, he just got – he. you and I could rip it into the gap against Kimbrell. The guy's just having a horrible time. But how in the world, getting back to my point, do you let Castellanos or however Nicholas Castellanos pronounces his name go the guy was great with the cubs last year great with the tigers before if you're great with the tigers when you can pitch around eight guys to 
you know, avoid Castellanos. And he's, he's, he and Musakas are just in that little band, band box ballpark. Oh my God. And the, they've only won three games. I, the Tigers beat them up. Beat up yeah. Them. Yeah. I, you know, I, I don't know what's going on in Cincinnati other than the fact that <clears throat> when I made my uh, Central Division predictions, yeah, what's your I told you, I told you that they had <laughs> there, it was going to take a while because they've got, They've all of a sudden put this, uh, what everyone thinks is a championship qualifying team together. And I think they have some good players that they had on their roster. And I think that they picked up a couple of good players as well. But I, I think overall, do you want Trevor Bauer on your roster, by the way? See, I, you're giving me grief because you know I picked the Reds right below the Cubbies. Thought of course I am. About the now, <laughs> I left my folder at home, so I can't go back to our predictions. It's a little early, but uh, they're still around. Yeah, you're giving me grief about that, and well-deserved, because I took the bait. It's now it's sunny gray and wait for four days. I mean, yeah. that's it. Yeah, well, Giannis got his uh, didn't Let's just good. hope we're not jinxing them that they're actually going to get their act together at, uh, at Miller Park. So, you know, with the, uh, with the um, Cardinals uh, series last weekend that got postponed, we've only played two home games here, and we've lost both of them. Wow. So you think about this. The season is two weeks old. We played two home games. We have no home wins yet. Yeah. So – well, and I told everybody the formula was just multiply by three, but I've been corrected. It's 2.7. So that the factor of 2.7 would get you to 162 games, given the fact that they're playing 60. Now, there are a couple things. The, <laughs> this year, if anybody really believes this is a real year in baseball, then I've got some property that I can sell them. Seven inning games for doubleheaders is ridiculous, but I understand it. Why not just play five inning games? And why not start a guy at third base after the tenth inning? You know, go to the, like in the like in the college football where you keep changing the uh, the deal. But the funniest damn thing I've heard, and and again, the lighter side of baseball, I scour the pages for anything funny, and I'm not that funny. Euchre's funny. You and I are more serious and very articulate students of the game. I might add. Are Kashan and Urescu. <laughs> Baez gets a game-winning hit in the 11th inning the other night on a kid that I don't think had pitched in the major league. Serves up a, a flat slider right up right at the waist, and even Baez couldn't miss it. They're interviewing Baez, and they go, "Well, how did you th- how did you uh, did you think it was any different starting a runner on second base when you drove him in?" And he goes. You know, I didn't. I thought they only started a runner on second base in the tenth inning, not the eleventh, twelfth, thirteenth. I mean, can you believe I love Baez? But God, was that funny! Oh, I just thought that was the tenth inning. Yeah, and he's he's just licking his chops when he sees that. Oh my goodness gracious, that's too funny. So the the other the other thought I had too when you mentioned and brought up the extra innings thing, which. I'm fine with the seven innings, uh, you know, and if you want to play a triple header, five innings each, you know, why not Ooh, do that too? I like that. We, we may have to before it's over. Who knows? But um, um, <laughs> I, I want to know if – so, so far there have been uh, in extra innings because we had a game and you guys had a game and they both won 11 innings. Uh, 
what what's the talk of after like the 11th or 12th or whatever because there had been talk of ties oh. and and i haven't heard that come up in conversation i've i've only known that uh, there have been just a couple extra inning games, and they've been decided no later than the 11th inning. I, I think I could be totally wrong. I thought there one one went 13 innings, but I could. Be, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe I, I missed wrong. that. I think maybe the Angels did. I'll tell you what. There's there's a, a bright spot, the brightest spot on our on our pitching roster, came out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Yes. You guys said goodbye to Jeremy Jeffress, and he's turned into uh, Trevor Hoffman. I think the guy's going to the Hall of Fame. The dude is great. You can even see his face when now when he's looking at the in for the signal. It used to be his hat came down, his mitt came up. You could only see uh, Jeremy's eyes. But now he's got a little different routine. Guys, now I'm jinxing him, probably jinxing everybody. The guy's been unhittable. He comes in, and what reminded me of it is he came in in the uh, uh, 10th. I think he pitched the 10th and 11th innings of extra inning. He pitched both innings and comes in, you know, with guys on base in the ninth inning, gets out of that jam, then pitches the 10th, gets out of that jam, might have pitched the 11th. He's a stud, and he's turned the corner. Well, he took advantage of uh, Kimbrell's um, inability to get anybody out, obviously. I mean, you know, he's been around, he, you know, we, we've joked a little bit about him, you know, on these other podcasts about him going over and all that kind of stuff. But, um, you know, when he's, he's just like anybody else, man, if he's determined to do something, he's probably going to be pretty successful at it, but you got to give him, you got to give, you got to give him a lot of credit. Cause he's, he's, um, he's been through a few things in his, in his day and, and he still has the ability to pitch right now. And he's obviously helping you guys out. No, no, no. Uh, you know, nobody's bagged on him more than me because, uh, you know, he he blew off the Davy Nelson golf tournament one year, but he made amends. He came to the last one. But, he, like, he called somebody at, um, you know, half an hour before and said, eh, some friends come in and we're going to – we hung out pretty late last night. Hang on. But he's matured. I mean, I don't know him. I've seen him at the golf tournament. Um I know he came over in that Odorizzi, Greinke. I mean, God, the the, the uh, remnants of the Greinke trade to Milwaukee. It seems like Greinke should be 55 years old. But he's, uh, you know, there's still Odorizzi. I think Myers somehow got tied up in some of that trade. Um, uh, you had um, Jeffress and, and somebody else. I'm sure you remember. But uh, Well, I, we sent um... – we sent the shortstop over to you that yeah. who was that? Was it Betancourt? No. No, no, no. He play he was like the uh NLCS MVP yeah. when, when the Royals Alcides Escobar. Yeah, Escobar. Right. Yeah. Boy, yeah. Where am I pulling this stuff out from? Uh, well, you, know, you think you, I had you season want, tickets. You want to win a championship so bad for one of these one of the eight teams that you cover. Oh god, I love the uh <laughs> I, I, I'm I'm just think so all the money you're saving this year, pal. Yeah, don't get me started on the refund policy of MLB baseball. But yeah, I, I would, you know, I, I, tra- I changed seats at Wrigley. I'm right above the on deck circle now, about eight rows back. I haven't, I haven't ever sat in my seat. You mean Next you year, allegedly, you allegedly have that seat? I allegedly, yeah. They told me if, if they allow fans back in the ballpark, and uh, and I'll get back to that in a minute, that I can't be in my seat. 
I'd have to be up in the left field bleachers. But how about the rooftops across the street? The the you know they can have twenty five percent capacity according to Illinois state law, and and they're there, and you can sort of hear them, and the players you know at the end of the game are waving to the people in the uh, in the rooftops. But uh, you know, I, I I only saw the uh, the uh, opening day when the Brewers were down there, and and they said that. Um, all those, uh, the few people that were up there at the time were all, Ricketts had, had bought everything, all the whatever. Yeah. I, I don't know all the details to it, but um, yeah, that, I thought that was cool, you know, because they have, I was, I was watching um, the end of a game the other day uh, in, in Atlanta. Because, oh. you know, they built, they built basically a sports, their, uh, their um, stadium, and then, uh, you know, built um, condos and hotels immediately around the stadium. And so I know that, you know, there, there are people that, you know, are 10 floors above right field that can watch the entire game. And same thing in San Diego. They've got the condos and hotels right, right. right up to the outfield walls there and stuff. And, um, and that's – that's kind of cool if you think about it. And then obviously with the rooftops, you know, you've got the tradition of those too. So, well, you know talking. what, they should be able to do that. I think, I think, you know, it's like, it, it keeps something real actually. So, well, the pirate broadcasters who I won't comment on because I know you're classy and you won't criticize anybody, but as much as I'm not commenting on, on them, boy, oh boy, what a week, what a, where, where's my age. And I think the pirate job, could have been mine but anyway they were talking about people on the clementi bridge tailgating and there's a there's a portion of oh the yeah any bridge where you can see in through the to the left field part of the ballpark yes yeah yeah cool that, that that was a good one too i think i did see uh people were out there and they brought their beverages and stuff so they usually close that bridge you know when there's a game and stuff i just wonder if they if they uh closed it even though you know, no fans are allowed in the stadium, so at least they could kind of congregate up there. It sounded like it was open, at least during the uh, in, during the broadcast. And uh, um, so, all right, I I got, I've got one for you. I just thought about this because it was announced yesterday that the Green Bay Packers would not have fans for their first two home games. Wow. And they have a road-heavy first half of their schedule. So their, their home opener, they play the first two on the road. And the NFL doesn't start until the week after Labor Day, which is late this year. So you're talking about the second full weekend of September before the NFL kicks off. Snow at Lambeau. Snow at Lambeau, right? Uh, but they've got their home opener is at the, uh, I think, the end of September – and then their next home game is like in mid-October or something, and it's a Monday night game. And there's not going to be any fans there for, for Monday night football. I figured you were going with the Bears, criticizing that they found no. a way to keep Bears so, so get this. The last time that there was not a sellout at Lambeau was Vince Lombardi's first game as head coach. I think it's 1959, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And, and they were only 300-some-odd 300, 300 seats 
short of a sellout for that game, but it's officially on the record as not a sellout. Every game since then, 350 consecutive games have been sold out. And now there won't be any fans there whatsoever. Is there any city that, that you know, remember they used to always have blackouts on, on TV? Does that yeah. still exist? I mean, forgetting no, this year. I don't think it does anymore. I, I, think with, um, I think with the television revenue being in the uh, multiple billions <laughs> and, and guaranteed money to keep these teams going, I, I don't think that – I haven't heard of one for a long time, but I do remember that, though. And I always wondered, well, Green Bay sold out. I mean, how can't you sell out Philly or New York or right. whatever, yeah. you know? Let me ask you, I, I've seen some of the uh, broadcast crews for the Royals and the Rays and a few. Do you have to, uh, uh, is, is this a Fox-wide uh, policy? Do you have to wear a coat and tie to the stadium when you're broadcasting and the team's gone? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, we're, we're expected to be in coat and tie. What? Okay. And I'm, I don't expect you to say one word about it, but that is the dumbest, most ridiculous policy I've ever heard of where you're not in, a, a, in the 21st century wearing a nice golf shirt, relax, throw a blazer on or whatever. But these guys look, and I'm just talking about the Royals announcers, even Joel Goldberg, the pregame guy from, you know, who you know. My he's buddy. In, he's in he's in. My son said, "Hey, you want Joel on a podcast?" I go, "Well, yeah. I mean, if if if, but uh, you know, I haven't heard from, I haven't heard from anybody, and you dodged me for a while, but you came back. Um, the coat and ties, in my opinion, and it's only my opinion, uh, ridiculous. But anyway, um, yeah. Well, you know, it's it's. Uh, hey, you got it's, mo- it's most of the paycheck, so yeah, I'm I'm wearing it. No, no, no. <laughs> I I don't I don't uh, I don't begrudge you one one little bit. I mean, uh, you know, it's like there's nobody there. Uh, but you're on TV, and uh, well, yeah, it, it it's all about it's all about the the square box, man. It's it's the TV image, and you know, I and I host the shows and stuff, so it's um, you know, it all. In fact, it all I'm going of, I'm going up to Wisconsin for two weeks. I get to watch you now do the pregame. Well, you hey, you 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 better start. Why don't we do a podcast in between the pregame and the end of the game, and we can talk about the game? How about you know you think about that and then call me. (laughs) Okay, I will definitely. Yeah, think about that. Give that some thought because I don't think anybody. Hey, and you know if uh, uh, Augie can join in, man, it'd be great. Yeah, uh, we'll definitely think about that and get. Get Uke. We could have a three-way uh, broadcast uh, team going. If only I, I had some. If only I had some barbecue from Kansas City to, to <laughs> think that over. Oh man! <laughs> so you said you had a baseball call at ten o'clock. So you know we're down to the last few minutes of this exciting uh, podcast. So w- what's on the bottom end of your agenda? Uh, let me look at my agenda, and I appreciate you knowing that I am a. Uh, I prepare almost as much as you. Pre- I mean, you are one of the great prep artists in baseball. Uh, we've covered, uh, you know, the Braves, the Twins. We've talked about the COVID, the Cubs, the new rules. Uh, pitching seems to be dominating hitting, although, God, the Cubs, you know, everybody's everybody's getting their World Series tickets if they could get them, and then they go into 
the last game of the series and get their brains blown out. Uh, well, I, th- I think that we're starting to see – I think we're starting to see some, uh, some storylines develop, which, which is important for us to talk about, you know, the joy of the game and, and um, you know, where we are. I mean, think about this, Jamie. I mean, it's only a 60-game season, and we're theoretically, you know, a sixth of the way in already, and it's only been two weeks. So what is it, an eight-week season? We've knocked off two already, so – so, you know, here we go. And, and we do know this. I think since the last time you and I were together on a podcast, they, they redeveloped the playoffs and, and went with the expanded playoffs anyway. So I think it's something to start keeping an eye on now. I know it seems early, but we're two weeks in. And, you know, who, who's going to be hanging around here? Who's, you know, who's got some good storylines and what are the storylines like with the Brewers it you know with that uh breakup of the schedule last weekend when the Cardinals came in with the COVID stuff and everything got canceled you know it really you know you think about not playing for four days and then you come out very disjointed and you lose the next two games and and let's by the way we have to we have to visit just for a moment on where, our good friend. Where, where, no, going. Where, where, no, where. you don't. My Listen. poor little Brewers. Go ahead. No, nope. you don't know where this is going. Our buddy Lorenzo Kane yeah. opted out. I know, and uh, believe me, dude that that is gonna that is gonna impact our Brewer team for sure. But now, I you... I totally get it, man. He's got three little boys and. And, you know, the Cardinals come into town full of their poison and stuff. He didn't want any part of that. Well, you know, you can opt out of your opt-out. I saw where somebody opted out and came back in. Now, the deadline's passed for that. Really? They had, yeah, they had a deadline. Like, they gave you, like, 10 or 12 days or something if you had opted out to come back. And that I'm pretty sure that they had a deadline, and now that's passed. I think only one guy came back. Yeah, I can't remember who that was or why I heard about it. But, you know, um, I can understand uh, Locaine doing that. And um, that's got to be a blow to a team to lose a, a guy like that because he's um, he's just the full package. I mean, he's just oh, an yeah. all-around good guy. And, uh, you know, again, part of a Royals-Brewers <laughs> trade somewhere along the line. Well, uh, twice. Twice. Yeah. I mean, yeah. twice. Well, gosh, when was that first trade that uh, – was that for Grinky? He could have been in that Grinky deal, and it sure helped the Royals. I mean, everybody you guys sent helped the Royals, and, and believe me, they could use Yelich and maybe even Braun. And because he actually – so we drafted Locaine, and he actually did make his major league debut with us and played, played uh, for a month in September, and I think then – during the offseason, he was part of that blockbuster trade. because I don't think he started right away for you guys. He was part of the buildup. And then what was the World Series in uh, 14 and 15? Right. That makes sense if, because that was uh, – we, we traded for Grinky for the 2011 season, I'm pretty sure. I think that's right. So compare – because I think they are a lot alike, and you would know better um, – Locaine to Carlos Beltran. Well, <clears throat> I would you I, rather have any more than anybody else having, you know, not, I mean, we had, 
zero uh, affiliation with him other than the fact that his reputation, you know, and, and Locaine built up his reputation as well. I mean, there, there is an, uh, he is one of the throwback um, type of players that just knows how to carry himself, knows what decisions are right and wrong, knows how to um, how to deal with young kids and older kids, if you and and um, how to be a champion, and that that's that's really tough to replace. It's it's tough to you know have a guy not there, and and it's not because of injury; it's by his. And, and then in this day and age of what's been going on in this awful 2020 year to, to say, you know what, the very first thing we all need to do is respect one another right. and the affected his decision to do that. So um, they'll look forward to him coming back. You know, the worst part about it, Jamie, is he, he had a bad year last year and he got himself into shape over the, over the winter. It's not an easy thing to do when you're late in your uh, past the prime of your career and stuff, but you know, we're expecting, you know, some good things from him. And, um, and now we're going to have to, you know, wait till next year and stuff. And, and I hope this team, whoever's, whoever's uh, got the low cane effect to them, I, I hope they're able to, to take something with them and, and have a good run here before it's over. I agree. It'd be like the Cubs losing Rizzo, really. Uh, pretty much the uh, one of the spiritual leaders and just an all-around good guy. Not with you, for sure. Yeah. All right, man. I'm going to let you prepare for your 10 o'clock call. All right. Will do. I, and I'll uh, about calling you up during a game sometime. I'll yeah. think. All right, man. Well, for uh, I'm going to I'm going to try to pause here and. Uh, finish up in a little bit but don't go anywhere so we are back after taking a quick break with uh 45 minutes that we cherish with uh craig kashan and my goodness gracious he is such a good guy good friend and a great announcer if you're ever in the uh viewing area for the uh milwaukee brewers you're going to take great delight in uh listening to uh, craig kashan he's uh a good friend and a good guy and, and really uh, obviously does the Bucks and he does the Brewers. He does great play-by-play. Um, I predict someday he will uh, be a major key uh, play-by-play guy for some team. And, uh, you know, I hope so because he's just he's, he's really good and, uh, and fun to talk to. So I appreciate everybody listening to Craig. We've probably done 10 or 12 of these together. And, uh, you know, he's always very, very, uh, very, very professional, which, you know, I, I, I detest because I, I try not to be too professional. I'm not professional. I don't get paid for this. Don't have many sponsors. I'm not going to talk much about Papakinos, although uh, Papakino told me, you know, with the listening audience growing by leaps and bounds uh, and with his uh, restaurant coming online in September, we hope. But I need to back off the advertisements because it's going to be like, uh, you know, thousands of listeners in there claiming that I'm paying for their first piece of pizza, which is as big as your face. And, uh, you know, that could create a bit of a financial uh, tragedy for on the lighter side of baseball. But we'll, we'll come through with that. 
Um, you know, Craig is confident that the season will go on. I'm more so than I was before. And, uh, you know, I've got a lot of people wanting to talk about the Cubs. So let's, let's finish this podcast talking a little bit about my impression of the Chicago Cubs. Number one, I think the best thing about the Chicago Cubs is David Ross. Man, oh man, he's solid. He's going to be good. He's going to be around for a long time. And I think Rossi is uh, the real deal. And that's with uh, 13 games to judge by. I like the way he's handling Kimbrell. Kimbrell is a proverbial train wreck. I think everybody in the world feels sorry for Kimbrell. I mean, here was a guy, the fastest to 300 saves in the history of baseball. And boom, he's, uh, he is derailed using the jargon of uh, the railroad industry and uh, the, the uh, gauge, which is the distance between the one track and the other track. And if the gauge gets out of sorts, there's a potential derailment. And sometimes in cold weather, uh, the gauge changes. In hot weather, the gauge changes. And so you have track inspectors that go out and make sure that the gauge is consistent with the specifications so that the trains, 120 car freight trains won't derail. Well, the same is true. And that's an, a good analogy for relief pitchers. Uh, they're like freight trains. And uh, right now, Kimbrel is uh, huffing and puffing. But I do believe, uh, and I hope that Kimbrel gets back. Uh, he, he did get three outs for the first time this year. He finished an inning. And so, you know, small steps. What about Bob? Reference to a movie, small steps, baby steps, baby steps. Um, I think the bullpen overall for the Cubs uh, is uh, is bad. They don't have their spiritual leader. They got rid of Strope. I think the offense sucks. They got rid of Castellanos. And got to have your head examined to get rid of a player like that. You get him in your fold. You get him in your clubhouse. He likes the team, wants to sign. And then you go nickel and diamond on the guy. And now nickel and diamond granted in this day and age is millions of dollars, but come on, there's a guy that you sign Morrow, you sign Kimbrel, you pay Drew Smiley 5 million bucks to get over his Tommy John and you don't pay Castellanos. Why? Cause you're getting close to the, uh, uh, paying the uh, luxury tax. Come on. Absurd. Ridiculous. Uh, nobody's going to shed a tear for Mr. Ricketts and his financial capabilities. There was a guy, why do you get rid of him? You got Nico, eh, Bodie, eh, I don't know. They're all hitting under 250, except for Contreras. So I'm trying to be upbeat on the left side of baseball, trying to talk to my Cub fans, talk them into uh, thinking that, that, no, they're not going to go 50 and 10. I'm having people write me going, hey, your prediction of 40 and 20 was light. I don't think so. Uh, so that's the Cubs. They've, they've got adequate starting pitching. Quintana's going to be back. Um, I think he'll take Chatwood's place. I put Chatwood back in the bullpen. Lickety-splickety. And people are going, hey, man, he pitched like Cy Young for the first two outings. Eh, well, he had an umpire with a strike zone as big as all outdoors, and instead you're serving up room service fastballs to these guys. And granted, the Royals can hit every now and then, but wow, that was a bad outing, bad outing. Uh, bullpen, who's promising, who's not? 
they just optioned out brothers i kind of liked brothers but he was i mean his vra was only four which puts him in the top 80 percent of the royal of the cubs um i don't know i've never heard of half of these guys where they came from maybe they'll be okay they're probably cheap and effective sort of uh, when it comes to the rest of the team, uh, Bryant looks lost. Rizzo is kind of right behind him. Baez just his own worst enemy. And how about that play where he has a pop-up and he sits there and watches it? Not even a windy day. So you can't say, oh, the wind blew that one from foul territory. He stands there and watches the ball, lands in fair territory, and uh, what does he do? But he gets a single out of a sky-high fly ball to right field. And then the next guy hits into a double play inning over. Just pathetic. Pathetic. You say, well, he scored a run. Well, no RBI on a double play. So, Kashan likes the uh, seven-inning rule, the guy starting at second base in the tenth inning. Um, okay. Then I'll buy it. I like Craig's idea. Let's play a triple header with five innings each game. That would be fun. That would be fun. And I like my idea about Derek Jeter playing. You know, have a first guy ever inducted into the Hall of Fame in a starting lineup. I think he can do it. So that is going to wrap up the second week of baseball. It's, you know, so far it's a double yawn. It's not too, I, I mean, there are a lot of people going, oh, I'm so glad there's baseball to watch. This is great. It's okay. The games are taking three and a half to four hours. They don't care anymore because there are no fans to bore. It's um, it's a boring product right now. Uh, the major leagues need to do something. They need to continue. You know, they've abandoned the speed of the game talk. The three pitch, the three batter rule is kind of a joke. Uh, I don't think that's been that great. And um, I am shocked at the Reds. The Reds, uh, Kashan is not. He thinks that's what he thought the Reds would do. How about the Twins? I'm shocked at the Twins. I thought the Tigers would be better. Of course, it's early. It's early. And uh, there'll be plenty of things to talk about in the next week. I think we'll wait a week. So at the end of the third week, we'll do another podcast and we'll talk about where everybody is with respect to uh, the current season. And uh, I think we'll know a lot more after the Cubs play the Cardinals, the Brewers play the Reds. It seems like... um, with the central divisions playing each other, it's just not the same. You know, I want to play the Dodgers. I want to play the Giants. I want to play the D-backs. I would like to play the A's. I would like to play the Mets. I would like to play the Yankees, Red Sox. It is not good baseball for the fan to have the central versus the central. There's, there's no meat on the bones. You got the Indians, the Royals, the Tigers, the Twins. Um, You've got the Cubs, and, uh, you know, we like our division. We're used to the Pirates. We're used to the Reds. We're used to – that's all fine and good, but you got to spice it up with the Dodgers. you got to spice it up with the Red Sox. you got to spice it up with the Marlins. You know, we're missing out on all that stuff on the East and the West Coast. And, frankly, folks, the Central Division is not as good as in either league as the other divisions in both leagues. So we're stuck with – what we're stuck with in an expanded playoff roster. Uh, there are more teams in, in baseball now that will make the playoffs than will be eliminated. Out of the 30 teams, 16 go to the playoffs and 14 don't, if my math's right. So, I don't know. 
lighter side of baseball. This is just a stay healthy. Uh, I like the new rules. They are clearer. Uh, the players cannot go out unless they get permission to go out. And uh, it's kind of like uh, what the League of Their Own was. If anybody remembers, that's a great movie. If, if you remember in the League of Their Own, there were, it was the, quote, girls, close quote, uh, professional baseball league. And uh, the League of Their Own, each team had a, uh, a, a, a like a, a, a sponsor, supervisor, mentor, who watched over the girls, the women. And uh, she would make sure that they didn't. Now, this is kind of like League of Their Own. I don't know who's in charge, whether it's Rossi for the Cubs or Council. I doubt it. But, uh, you know, will the players, uh, now they've only got six weeks. So hopefully they can follow the rules, and uh, that'll be that. So for Jamie Retzke, and uh, my good friend up in Milwaukee, Craig Bichon, the voice of the Bucks and the Brewers. Um, signing off on the letter side of baseball for today. We'll be back in a week, and we'll be coming to you from Wisconsin, live, outdoors, swatting flies. Hopefully the Cubs are still in first place in a week, but we'll follow their progress. We'll follow the Angels, not playing as good as I thought. Uh, we'll follow the Padres because the Padres got off to a hot start and they're kind of, they're kind of sputtering. The Rays got off to a hot start. They're kind of sputtering. And, uh, you know, the Marlins have only lost a game. And, uh, again, funny that they never met some of the guys in his lineup. So that's it for today. And it's beautiful baseball weather. I would love to be drinking beer at a game, but I'm not because nobody is. So for Jamie Retzke on the lighter side of baseball, everybody have a great weekend. Hit the ball around, watch some baseball, some hockey, some basketball, and most of all, stay safe, stay healthy, and mask up. Thank you for listening. We'll talk to you later. <laughs>